0: Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his I hate the work of those who follow it. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, Mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph Lord, in the works of you. are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish
2: and with that, Good Morning America, welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQRS, tv WXYZ people, all the vote-ruckers who are in the house and anybody else I may have missed, to the Sons of Liberty Radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at Sons of Liberty dot com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about, I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us here on Saturday morning. Boy, I, <clears throat> the week has just flown by. Of course, that's happening quite a bit for me <laughs> these days, but uh, glad that you guys are here. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. Sons of Liberty and also Sons of Liberty In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, head over to Sons of Liberty Scroll down on the right side of the page and you will see that we are streaming live there second video down just click onto that you can enlarge it in whatever device you have and um, also click on the uh, platform icon join us in the chat love to have you guys there this morning we got a lot of people in the chat good morning you guys great to see you as always and uh, also right above that is Bradley's show from um, yesterday you can still play that up until 3 p.m. Eastern 2 p.m. Central today and then he's live for two hours so at 3 p.m. he'll come on two hours today can also catch us on dlive.tv at the Sons of Liberty, beforeitsnews.com, right at the top of the page, and then also um, on Roku, on cutting edge television. So check that out as well. Right above where the videos are for live streams is a place where you can enter your email address. Do that. And uh, you can subscribe to the email newsletter. We don't rate your email, sell it, or spam it like a lot of people do. And so be sure to do that. You'll get the morning show archive. It's got all the links, uh, videos, all the stuff that we play for you. And it's all in one nice, neat little package. So (laughs) be sure to sign up for that. Also, if you agree with our message, again, we don't ask you for money. We just tell you we have needs. And if you would like to help meet those needs, there's a way you can do it. There's a donate button at the top of sunslibertymedia.com. Click onto that, and make a one time donation, or partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of Liberty. That link is also at the top of the page. And then our store is available, lots of products there, great conversation starters, equipping tools in there as well. And this week we're highlighting Bradley's My War comic book. Um, this is his testimony. It's done, uh, it's illustrated by former DC Comics artist Danny Bullinotti. And here to tell you and show you a little bit about that comic book is none other than Bradley Dean. My War,
0: my brand new comic book, which brings you through my life story. Not only does it include my testimonial, but also analogies that apply to all. Easy to understand that even a child could comprehend. My War is my story, my findings, and most importantly, Not how bad I was, but how good God is in Jesus Christ. And letting the world see what God can and will do through a fatherless child. Included with the comic book is the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution of the United States, the Bill of Rights, as well as a follow-along test from the five-part documentary, My War. To order, go to youcanruninternational.com that's you can run international.com.
2: All right, now you can go there or you can go to the sons of liberty media and, .com and click on the store, uh, or you can go to the, um, the link that we're going to have for the archive. That'll be in there. And through tonight, midnight, okay, today's the last day. If you enter the promo code Bradley, B R A D L E E, you'll save 10% off the comic book, but that's only through tonight at midnight. And uh, be sure to, uh, you know, if you've been wanting to get this, this is not like a flimsy comic book like you're used to seeing. This is high-quality, heavy paper that it's on. The illustrations are incredible. I mean, really, you've seen some of them there in the video. If you want to pick that up, we encourage you to do that if you've been waiting to do it. Share with a young person in your life. You know, the communists used to use comic books uh, to push out their agenda. And so why not use the same means to tell the truth? Okay, and to point people to the person who is the truth, who is the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me bring on. Uh, uh, let me make a couple of points here before I bring on our guest. And by the way, I didn't know we were going to have Anna again this week. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna bring her on with Kate this morning, and so I'm i 'm kind of surprised and and it's a it 's a pleasant surprise uh, because I always enjoy ha- the conversations that we have with Anna and uh, Kate are going to do sort of a tag team this morning. Let me let you in on something. you know this week we had this issue with this whole quote unquote approval of a Pfizer shot, and really it 't when you get down to it, the reason it was so confusing is because they 're dealing with two different companies, one from Germany and of course pfizer and uh, so we' we'll, we'll, we'll deal we 'll deal with those in a little bit, but one of the things that I ran across this week. Was a um, interview with attorney Robert Barnes. Now this is on sonsoflibertymedia.com. Then there was an interview with this uh, lady who was a former Pfizer interview uh, employee, Karen Kingston. The Barnes interview is one of the most clearest explanation of what's going on. What the FDA did was approve a shot that isn't even on the market. Okay, isn't even on the market the BioNTech community. And if I'm not mistaken, this is the one they've been calling the Pfizer shot because they've been calling it the Pfizer Pfizer BioNTech shot. That's what they've been calling it. This is the one they've been using over in Israel where they're having all the problems from vaccinating quite a bit of their people. Okay, And what Barnes is saying is, is they gave approval... To a BioNTech shot, not the Pfizer one they've been using here in the states. That one still has EUA. That one's the emergency use authorization, as well as the others. And what he says is, if they give approval to that one, then all the other ones are supposed to be shut down. In fact, if they give one to one that's on the market here, they're supposed to shut down all EUA shots. Are they doing that? Nope, they're letting those go. So it is a hood. It's you're being hoodwinked if you're told. First of all, it's against the law for your employer and all these other people to be telling you you mandate a shot for the cold, okay, the coronavirus, all right? Second of all, that you need to tell them, okay, that's fine, but the fact of the matter is no approved shot is on the market in the United States at this time, and the reason they're not doing it is because they're going to continue to make money, and the EUA protects them from liability. Now, the video here for Karen Kingston, she starts laying out, and I think her and Stu Peters have a, a problem with um, an unsubstantiated hope that somehow Trump is saying all the good things and you know this, that, and the other, which I don't really – I don't get. And they hope that these people are going to be brought to justice. Let me ask you something. When was the last time any of these big pharma companies or any were really brought to justice? Even Monsanto play, paying out all the billions of dollars they paid for the harm they've caused, when have they been brought to justice? Never. Never. They've never been brought to justice. The, the, what will happen is the same government that that, shook, that took their money, making them go through the FDA and this, that, and the other, are going to shake them down for billions of dollars. The people who are harmed and injured won't get a dime from it, and they'll call that justice. It's not justice. It's organized crime. That's what it is. But just so you know, there is no approved shot on the market today. You, not in the United States. You can't find one. Everything is EUA. And I don't know how many federal laws they're breaking in this and and the FDA, how many of their own rules they're, they're, they're breaking on this or any of this stuff. It's ridiculous. Okay? It's ridiculous and it's criminal. And I just want you to know, I was confused at the first part of the week. You guys know that. Come on the air and speak about some things. Of course, I directed it towards what I see in God's judgments. Deuteronomy 28, Leviticus 26. And uh, so I just want to let you know, if you have not seen this interview, this will probably clear up a lot of questions that you have. And uh, what I couldn't say, I think Robert Barnes did a great job of doing. I I point to Karen Kingston in the fact that she says within two weeks, they have to turn over all the ingredients. Okay? So they're going to have to tell us exactly what's in those shots which is incredible to me, that if you don't ha- if you don't know that, how is the FDA approving this for EUA? It, it just doesn't make any sense to me. But we do know that hydrogels contain graphene. That is clear, and we know hydrogels are in there. They're in there by another name. I think Dr. Kerry Midday pointed that out before. They're in there by another name, but they, they contain the graphene. Two more things I want to point you to, and then we're going to bring Kate and Anna on. Yesterday's interview with uh, Dr. Kaufman, uh, if you didn't get to hear that, That is a great interview, not because of me, but because Dr. Kaufman is, to me, one of the calmest, most clear guys when you talk about this kind of stuff uh, that you can talk to. I mean, he's just he's just down to earth, but so clear and so calm in how he presents that Uh, it's it's. It's just a—it's a fascinating interview every time I have a Dr. Kaufman on. And then finally, I want to point you over to David Rissolata's uh, piece, "Manipulated Language to Gain Vaccine Compliance." And David again has been, uh, you know, contributing on sites that I've been on since I don't know 2012 or so. And David has a way uh, of just focusing in on something, sticking to that topic in the pieces that he writes, and then citing. The literature, or the studies, or whatever the case may be, of what he's saying to convince to convince you of the position that he's putting forth, and I highly recommend that Uh, David. Not only is a good friend, he's a great writer, and matter of fact, he is one of. I think he was one of the only people at the first that I actually pitched to the people that I worked for to say you need to get you need to pay this guy. I mean. He's putting a lot of time and effort, and not only he's putting a lot of time and effort, but he's documenting everything he says. And the fact of the matter is, a lot of people don't want to hear what David has to say because they go, oh, you're talking communism and this, that, and the other. Well, yeah, that's what's being pushed on America. That's what's being pushed on the world. And if you don't see that, I don't know how to pry your eyes open to see it unless you read works like David's where he cites the communists, like what uh, G. Edward Griffin had said, you know the reason G. Edward Griffin understands what's going on is because he read the communists themselves. He read the Marxist, and he says, "I know what they're doing because I read them." Now, with that said, this is uh, Saturday, so as always, we have our uh, health and wellness expert, uh, Kate Shimarani, and you know, pleasant surprise to have Anna Debusere. Now, see, the thing is with Anna is when I bring Anna on, I, I got to play this music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because now, see, I'm gonna show you, I'm gonna show you why. Because, oh, pfft, the dummy me didn't put the thing in here, so I'm gonna show you why. Let's bring her, let's bring her and Kate up. What? Boy, I thought I had done this, so you Our get a yes. I, I didn't, uh, you know, this is a little comic relief for you guys, uh, that, that Tim didn't get his uh. His stuff in order, so. I apologize for that. But there's there's Anna in her little genie bottle, and uh, and there's our own Kate Sherman. She's at home this week, and uh, so with that said, ladies, welcome to the Sons of Liberty. Great to have you. Hi, hi Tim. Lovely to be here again. Yeah, it's great to have you both. And Kate, you're at home. You're not having to walk about and uh, educate the people out on the pier. But you're going to be doing that on Monday. Do you do you want to start off by telling us what you're going to be doing on Monday?
1: Yeah. So in in the UK just now, uh, just, just going back to what you've just said, I just want to remind people that we had a prime minister called Margaret Thatcher. And one of her very famous lines was that they were the first government to push back and succeed against socialism, which is the first cousin of communism. So if you can't see what's going on, please do go and read about socialism and then have a look how it's all being eased in. And what they're doing is keeping you looking over here so you don't see it coming over there. Um, Anna and I were down at the pier, what you saw last week, with these great big yellow signs that since I did the video when David Clues from Unity News Network sent me a pack, um, they've been working tirelessly, tirelessly and they've got nearly 100 packs of these out and they're all over the UK. Now, in the week that has followed this, and Anna and I have been working closely, we all know worldwide that the agenda always was to get the children and to inject them. And we have this ridiculous competency in the UK called the gillick competency which was with regards to a um a contraceptive case and they say that if the child's competent they can make their own decisions so we were told this week that they were uh, now drawing up the plans the nhs that was taken over by the government last year and the nhs uh has the nurses working on it uh, the nmc was taken over by the government in 2001 so we now know that this is following government diktat um they've announced that they are drawing up the plans to inject the 12-year-olds using the Gillick competency, which I want to let Anna talk about that, which is completely illegal. And, um, we have Boris Johnson, Mr. Nappyhead, as you call him, who, if anyone thinks he's in charge, they're even more deluded. These are just puppets. He actually looks like Waldorf and Sattler off the Muppets that used to sit in the box.
2: <laughs> he does.
1: So if you put your hand in the back of his neck, you know, someone's literally moving them, their mouth. But he said, We want to crack on uh, with injecting all of the school children. So. Then we saw, you know, they're talking in America about the five-year-olds and up. And then in Australia, the naught to three-year-olds saying that they're the biggest spreaders. So in Brighton, on Monday, the biggest vaccine, and it's not a vaccine, the biggest... I'm sorry if it offends anyone out there, and I don't mean to be offensive, but we've already had one Holocaust. And we know that it wasn't just the Jewish people that died. It was the disabled, the gypsies, Polish Uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, Christians, Blacks. It was lots. So they should really understand when we say this is another genocide coming and we're trying to stop it. Now, they have now got one of these gas chambers because that's what it is. This is a depopulation shot. 26 people died in the swine flu injections and they stopped it. Now, we've already had over 1,500 deaths in this country alone, and that's less than the 5% which have been reported so they are opening the biggest injection centre in Brighton, right in the main part in what was Top Shop, which is the shop that all the youngsters shop in for the latest fashions. And it's a bank holiday. It's the busiest bank holiday, public holiday in the UK, August Bank Holiday. Brighton is a kind of metropolitan. They say that it's the most liberal. I would like to argue that I didn't find it so. Um, It's where everyone's going to go there for bank holiday. And they're all down there at the coast having a good time for that day. It's going to be glorious weather, over 70 degrees. Well, we're going to give them a welcoming committee. We're coming with our yellow signs, Anna and myself. I've been speaking today just now before the show with those that are common law constables. Uh, We have people filming it. We want as many people on the ground down there um, because the people that are injecting this are committing a crime. They are breaking their code of conduct if they're a nurse because people are not making true informed consent. They don't know. We, We actually had... Two registered nurses come up to us on camera and say, I'm a registered nurse, I'm a nurse prescriber. They wouldn't give us their names. Wouldn't you say you're a registered nurse? And someone asks you what your name is on the register, you have to give it. And then we pointed out the number of deaths. And he went, Oh, you know, they they basically they were an embarrassment to say I'm a nurse, but for some reason, now you have nurses, they think they're above the law. They almost have got a God complex and a teacher. I'm a teacher. So what? i'm a nurse harold shipman was a doctor he still killed loads of patients beverly allett was a nurse she still killed loads of babies but what we have in this country uh we have uh the police and criminal evidence act of 1984 arrest without warrant of other persons a person other than a constable may arrest without a warrant anyone who is in the act of committing an indictable offence anyone whom he has reasonable grounds for suspecting to be committing an indictable offence, anyone who is guilty of the offence, anyone whom he has reasonable grounds for suspecting to be guilty of it. And the reasons are to prevent the person in question causing physical injury to himself or any other persons. That's the Criminal Police and Evidence Act of 1984, And then we have the Criminal Justice and Courts Act 2015, Part 1, 262. You've heard me shout this from the rooftops constantly. And this is in offences involving police or prison officers. A police constable guilty of of an offence under this section is liable on conviction, on indictment to imprisonment for a term exceeding, not exceeding 14 years or a fine or both. And it also states... In part seven, the second case is where the police constable threatens to exercise or not to exercise a power or privilege of a constable. Now, we know that these are crimes against humanity that are being committed. This is unlicensed, untested, uninsured injections, which are not vaccinations, which we've already had deaths all over the world. We have nurses giving these. I've heard them on camera. I heard one woman stating she was a nurse saying, oh, it's a little bit of dead virus attached to some fat.
2: Good Lord above.
1: Good Lord above. There's no dead virus in it. This is messenger RNA. You cannot inject somebody unless you know what you're doing, what you're giving, and you've told them. And we heard them saying, you know, is it safe? I've heard nurses say, it's safe. It's safe. It isn't safe. You cannot state this. So they're breaking the law. They're also breaking their code. Doctors are breaking their oath. A crime is being committed. We not only have a duty to protect our our fellow human beings, children and the rights of the child come higher. We advocate always for the child, always. And you can actually break confidentiality when the child is there. This is why we have the 1989 Child Protection Act, the 2004 Children's Act. But unfortunately, children in care, these authorities, if they think it's the best interest of the child, they can go over and above all of this and just inject them. well, they're breaking the law. So now we have a duty, we do, to go out and stop this. We want the police on side to stop it and stop being agents of the state, but we know that's what they're doing. But also we have all these common law police officers and the laws are in place. They're already here. So quit marching, quit talking about it and let's see some action folks, because right now they are prepping to come for the kids and they're going to get the kids in school and they're going to start doing these nasal injections with the COVID-19 DPOPs. In them you've got the olfactory nerve up there that connects to the hippocampus your memory part of your brain we know what that does and all the inflammation but also in some European countries and I've already had one parent contact me they do the HPV vaccine the most deadly injection known at this point vaccine and they start giving that to year eights and they start that in the autumn term boys and girls in European countries now, they're giving this COVID shot with the HPV vaccine, neither of which have been tested together for their efficacy. And one girl was paralysed in the doctor's office, paralysed. And the doctor said, just take her home in the car and wait for it to pass. Is this where we're at? That doctor should have been arrested immediately. I mean, this is, it's insanity. Okay, it's it is. Insanity.
2: Yeah, it's totally where we're. It's totally where we're at. Uh, you know, I played a video and I've got it saved here. I'm going to try to bring it up to where this point was. Uh, that this doctor here in the states was brought on Fox News, and I got to tell you, you know, Fox is called Fox for, for a certain reason. It is to seduce you. Notice how they can take even. I'm just going to say this. They can take ugly women and try to make them look like they're some kind of porn star or something. Look at what goes on right here. And I want to get your comments, as well as Anna's, as far as legalities. Now, this is in the States, obviously, but you just said something. You said, wait a minute. They, they've taken and they're saying it's safe and effective. That's not true. Well, if it's not true, that should be a what? I mean, that should be fraud, right? Well, so, yeah, so. Cool. Pay attention to what this doctor here says. Now, the guy who was on it, we carried the video because of the man who's on here, because what he was saying was these mandates that are rolling out, you can toss those. The law is on your side at every level, and nobody can mandate you put something in your body like this. No matter what, and if they do, they can be held accountable. Listen to what this lady says, and I want you guys to comment on this.
1: Heated environment, and everybody wants to do what's best.
3: It's all about patience, compassion, and understanding, and listening to my patient's concern. I sit them down. I tell them the ingredients of the vaccine. She does I tell it. them what to expect when they get vaccinated. She does it. And I tell them it'll save their lives. And that's the truth. She tells truth. them that. Vaccines will save lives. No, it and won't. also, in, in to, to Kelly's point, we also should have medical exemptions, uh, Shannon. I don't think you should be vaccinated immediately if you've just had COVID, mm-hmm. because you've got some natural antibody protection. So it's reasonable to wait at a small now listen period to this. Of time here's the time before you go on and get vaccinated. But talk to your doctor is what I uh, tell my pa- my uh, my uh, mm-hmm. community. Speak to your doctor if you have any questions or any concerns. We want what's best for you. We want you to be safe. We want you to be healthy. We want you to know that the vaccine is now fully FDA approved, safe.
1: It'll
2: keep no, you out of not. the
1: hospital. Um, and it's one step it will- closer to ending this pandemic. Okay. So everybody wants that.
3: Uh, That's okay.
2: Re- so let me, let me pause this. So she tells the people that she's – I'm having to turn down the sound. I don't know why. Sometimes the sound is loud. Sometimes it's not. She tells the people, it will keep you out of the hospital. Now, what we're seeing is the majority of people going to the hospital now are going there who've had the shots. She's telling them it's safe and effective. That is not true. I mean, what is safe? What, what To me, safe is a word that I don't even know that we should really be using because safe implies there's really protection from whatever we're talking about. If somebody goes out and they're doing it by the books, you know, however they're saying to do things, and we're having adverse injuries, and I'm not just talking about vaccines, anything that we do, how can we really call it safe? And the only place I know where we can find safety is what the Bible tells us, Psalm 91, is when we hide ourselves in the shadow of the Most High. What's your, what, what would be your comments to, to a doctor? And this lady is a doctor who is speaking uh, of I what you just heard.
1: Comment. She needs a resting. She's a farmer whore. She's just lied. She's committed fraud. She's using her position as Amen. a doctor in authority. So she's 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 deceiving. It tells us tells us in the book of Matthew twenty four signs of the end. You can p- virtually find her name in that part. <laughs> twenty four signs of the end. She's a farmer whore. She wants arresting. She's just. She's just broken so many laws right there, right then. She's deceiving the people. She told so many lies in that. Honestly, I, I, it just makes me want to puke. Yep. But when the people turn, when these children start dying, there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Yep. They are going to come yep. after, and I'm not inciting anything here, but you start killing the kids. And you look what happened in Poland. We had a guy on our thing last week with Anna and I and he talked about the Highlanders who collaborated with the Nazis and after the Second World War they didn't wait for the courts and Nuremberg just like a lot of villages and towns didn't all over Europe they the Polish resistance set up their own courts they tried the Highlanders and they hung them. Amen. Amen. Collaborators like her whoring on TV using the devil's television idiot's lantern turn it off drop it out the window get rid of your newspapers use your newspapers for what they used them in the second world war when they didn't have loo rolls wipe your behinds on them and just stop this nonsense all these people need arresting for crimes against humanity and that includes every single celebrity who's gone on tv and said get your backs it's safe every pop star every one of these doctors, every one of these nurses, every one of these Politicians. Politicians, media journalists, football stars, you name it. They are all guilty. And that includes the whole head of the Committee of 300, the head of the snake herself, that woman that sits in Buckingham Palace, the queen, and her sidekick daughter-in-law who went on TV and said, oh, get your injection. They are complicit in a crime against humanity. We're warned of it in scripture. Everything's in here. The Old Testament is hidden in the New, the New in the Old. Come on. Look at Hebrew. All of those words in Hebrew, all of the letters in Hebrew, they have meanings. Our alphabet has sounds. This book was written long ago. If you immerse yourself in the Lord, it's all there. It's all there. Arrest. These whores, immediately, all of them.
2: Amen. And then try
1: them, try them, God's law, get the lawyers on like Anna, serve them justice. It's not me saying it, justice will be done, history tells us that. That's right. And it will be done on this earth and in heaven. And unfortunately, when you're caught, you will be served justice and you take whatever trial and the justice and the crime whatever you get served is going to get served on you and you're not going to
2: get out of this. Well, that's right. The wages of sin.
1: When those women's children die, Oh, and they're going to die. They already died in Australia. Then you wait till the crowd turn because the crowd always
2: turns. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. The Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death. And John tells us that sin is transgression of the law. And eventually, the people may the, may be tolerant or ignorant or whatever the case may be, but I can tell you this, I see it in America. Yeah, they've been sitting back and things, and we've been getting on to them, but they're educating themselves, and they're standing up at the local level, at the school boards. They're standing up uh, in the counties. This is why we're pushed tactical civics of what you guys are talking about there, of bringing their own uh, juries together, the grand jury, getting the militias together to ex- uh, Um, execute the indictments against those committing crimes against us. And the people are going to have their way with justice, not injustice, not vigilanteism, with justice one way or the other. Anna, what's your comments on this? And uh, speak to us about the law, about what's being violated there.
3: Yeah, well, actually, as you were were speaking, I was just checking because, as you know, we've been serving, uh, I don't know if you can see that, notices of liability can you see that
2: yes yep
3: yes yeah draft notice of liability and um, it's just getting longer and longer and longer because the more evidence that comes forward and the more um, laws that are being broken obviously the longer the notice of liability is and at the moment it's 200 pages which I'm trying to um, narrow down but as you were talking about that doctor who says you know it's safe it's protective it'll keep you out of hospital um, she is silent, notably silent, about the material risks. And in yep. you know in this um, uh, part of the Nuremberg Code and part of the uh, international code of ethics of uh, and part of the um, case law in Britain is all about the fact that you have to inform an individual of the material risks of the process that they're going to go under. And if you don't, then whoever's consented to that treatment is not giving their informed consent. And there's another. There's a case from America which says silence can only be equated with fraud where there is a legal or moral duty to speak. Well, that doctor does have both a legal and a mat- moral duty to speak about the material risks instead of saying they're safe and protective and will keep you out of hospital. It says, or oh, where an inquiry left unanswered would be intentionally misleading – well, keeping it out of, you know, not saying what the material risks are to someone is clearly intentionally misleading. That's the case of US v. Tweet, uh, 550 F2D two nine seven two nine nine nineteen seventy seven, quoting US v. Pruden, Pruden, however you say that, 424 F2D 1021 1032, 1970. And then another US case is. When circumstances impose duty to speak and one deliberately remains silent, silence is equivalent to false representation. And that's the case of Fisher Controls International Inc. v. Gibbons, 911 SW2D 135 And then finally, another uh, US case. When a person sustains to another person a position of trust, sorry, when a person sustains to another a position of trust and confidence, His failure to disclose facts that he has a duty to disclose is as much a fraud as an actual misrepresentation. And that's the case of Blanton v Sherman Compress Company 256 SW 2D 884 1953 case. So, you know, that's your own US law that should be applying to that doctor who and all the other doctors and medics who are actually misleading the public, both abroad in your where you are and in the UK, and according to the other legal teams I've been speaking to in other jurisdictions, this is happening across the globe, where the medics who are providing this service, i.e., the immunization service of this so-called vaccine which we all know is not a vaccine so that in itself is fraud by calling it something that it isn't it's gene treatment Um, also misrepresenting to the public that it's you know fully licensed fully authorized um, which it isn't as you've rightly said temporary authorization emergency authorization and that emergency doesn't exist because we've got alternative treatments now um, lots of prophylactic treatments. So there is no emergency. So there's no reason for this untest. Well, it's been tested on a very, very small uh, number of people. The studies in the clinical phase one trials were so small compared to the global population that's, right. that's now part of the phase two, three trials. And as we know, a lot of people weren't included in those trials. So and a tiny, minute number of children, something like a thousand were included Uh, or maybe 2,000. It was a very, very small amount of children. So these facts aren't being given to the public, and the public are not being warned of all the different material risks. They're being told you might have a slight headache, a sore arm, uh, you might feel a bit dizzy, you'll be fine. That's not the case. As as Kate said, almost 1,600 people in the UK on the yellow card reporting system, which is our official reporting system, from the Medical and Health Cares Regulation Agency, you know, officially recorded almost 1,600 deaths. Well, that's a material risk from this experimental product, as, are, as is going blind or going deaf or all of the other serious adverse events that are listed, which, again, comes to over a million now. And that's just so in the
1: UK. Five and a half thousand acute cardiac incidents, and that's <laughs> blood hearts, heart attacks, and what they don't tell you is, you see... You can have these acute cardiac incidents and be alive now, but you will die as a consequence of them. Mm. And uh, it's it's phenomenal. I, I, You know what Anna's saying? I cannot believe that these nurses and doctors would continue knowing it and that they will stand in our faces. I'm a registered nurse. Well, I'm sorry if you've just stated you're a registered nurse and you're disagreeing. That, that the evidence is there and that it's okay to still continue. you are a war criminal.
2: Well ladies let me let me ask you this because we we brought this up during the week as well. Uh, brought it up several times I think Bradley's brought it up. This is a lady I I want to say she was I want to say she was in her 40s or 50s but it may have, may have been different there. Um, this was the story. Her skin has started to rot from the Pfizer shot. It's, and the doctors have said this is a direct consequence from the shot. Look at I mean if you if you're squeamish folks, I'll give you three seconds before I bring all this up. Three, two, one if you want to like shut it off and just hear what I'm saying and then I'll tell you when you come back on. This is what this this lady. this is all over her body. This is her, her chest area. This is her face. These are her legs. This is the result of the Pfizer shot. And yet it's the fi- remember the Pfizer shot is still under the e u a which means this lady can't get anything for the damage done for her under under pretended legislation. It's not real law because it's it's indemnifying people who are committing crimes, known crimes, they know it's doing this stuff, and they don't stop it and yet this is something they don't tell people, oh, this is a potential adverse effect that you can have." Uh, What's going on here?
3: Well, a total breach of of international and domestic laws across the world by the medical profession. That's what's happening. And it's absolutely outrageous. I'm disgusted by it, Tim. You know, when I've spent all week reading through all the international conventions and treaties and declarations and human rights laws and medical ethics laws and codes, And, you know, the NHS constitution, for example, the World Health Organization constitution, case law, both international, European, domestic. The lawyers have done the work. It's all there. All the framework is there. All the judgments where they've analysed all these different situations about informed consent. And the medics just seem to not give a damn. The law, ah, that's not for us. As Kate says, they seem to think they're above it. I'm actually disgusted with the medical profession. Well, it's because we they're emboldened. Because... Everything possible to make sure that this situation hasn't ever happened again. Yeah. Those lawyers in Nuremberg went through eight tons of evidence. They spent years bringing those people to justice and do, he, writing the medical trials judgment alone is 900 pages. That's 900 pages of those lawyers work. And believe me, that will be months to get into 900 pages to, to tell the medical profession exactly what they did wrong, how they should never, ever do that again. All the laws that have been put in place in fine detail. You know, we had the Nuremberg Code, we had the Declaration of Geneva, we had the Helsinki de- Declaration. We've had the um, Oviedo Convention, the Human Rights and Bioethics Convention. We've got all the multiple human rights conventions. We've got the conventions of the rights of the disabled, the rights of the child. All of these are being ignored by the medical profession. It's as if they just don't care what the law says. Yeah. Then and when what... you try and call them out on it, they just, you know, they say we're not doing anything wrong. And yet it is clearly fraudulent. For example... <laughs> Here's, you know, this is what the NHS is telling people. Are you there?
2: Yep. Yep, you had to lift oh, it up I just a little bit.
3: I can't see you. Um, well, lift I mean, lift yeah, it up just a
2: little bit. There you go. Yeah. Yep.
3: Here we go. The vaccine protects you and those around you. But well, it really as doesn't. You said to him, the evidence is showing that it doesn't That's at right. all. And in fact, the vaccinated are ending up more, more likely to be in hospital than the unvaccinated. And yet, the world is being told that the unvaccinated are the dirty, others in society who must now be shut out of society and discriminated against and denied services and denied a life all in breach of all the multiple laws that have been put in place to stop exactly that happen who's perpetrating it it's the medical profession it's the doctors who are lying to everyone about about the. they should tell everyone this is an experiment it's still in phase two three trials this is therefore a live human experiment. Yep. We don't know the long term safety data. Right. We don't know all the side effects yet, but we do know all of these ones, and we know that one of them is the material risk of dying. Yep. And you okay. ought to be you, you ought to have an allergy test in respect of every single one of these ingredients. You need to give your freely informed consent. So if you're being bullied into this or you're about to lose your job, or <clears throat> you know, you're being guilt-tripped or you're being told that you won't be able to buy food etc then that's not freely informed consent that's and we're right. not going to give you this injection because you're not consenting to it freely they don't care because they're getting in this country alone they're getting 12 pounds 50 a shot you know and they see boosters coming in well that's the that's a gravy train for the doctors isn't it and the nurses why would they want to tell everyone that they might die I'm very angry to him. You know, this (laughs) is, this is, silence is a war crime. As Kate says, on the evidence, these are crimes against humanity. People are dying around the world. And it's the medical profession who are doing it to people. The very profession that we are supposed to trust, you know, put our lives in their hands. These people are meant to be, you know, healing us, not killing us.
2: Well, yeah. And let me, let me, let me add something. You know, you, you say they, they keep, um, I forget the terms you were using, but I was thinking the same things. They become more wicked the further it goes along. Why? Because the people have not brought justice. You know, we've we've been harping on this one, too. This is Amos, cha- Amos chapter 6, verse 3. Ye that put far away the evil day... In other words, you don't deal with those who are violating the law. You don't bring them to justice because God is a God of justice. He hasn't... You know, I know some of you out there have been in churches where they tell you the God of the Old Testament is an angry, vengeful God, and the God of the New Testament is like Grandpa, and he's just lovey-dovey, soft, you know, warm and cuddly. No, he's the same God as he was yesterday, today, and forever. He's all of those things. He's love. The Bible tells us God is love. Yes. Is God merciful? Yep, he sure is. You want mercy? Ask for it and repent of your sins, and you'll have it. Is is he a God who cares for his people? Yeah. Is he a protector? Is he a provider? Is he a healer? Yep. But he's also a God of justice. He is a holy God who cannot look upon sin, which, again, is transgression of the law. And it says, if we won't deal with it, what are we doing? Causing the seat of violence to come near, even at our doors. We're, we're I mean... And they're talking about that kind of thing. Coming to your door, Take it, like Kate was saying before, taking your kids. God help the people who come to my house to take my kids to vaccinate them because I'm going to vaccinate them. And they'll know exactly what's in the ingredients, copper and lead. No kidding. I'm not trying to be testosterone here. No kidding. I've already settled that a long time ago, long before this came out, about things like this. They, we are letting that come because we've not brought justice. Kate, go ahead.
1: You just said there, um what what is making these nurses and Anna's disgusted with them listen i I am disgusted. I trained in 1984. I've had friends fall out with me now, one thing I will say is a particular friend who's tried everything to trash me she she knew that I knew my onions, if you like, and she said, I'm never having a vaccine. I'll tell you what happens." I worked in AE for five years. I've worked in other wards. In this country, we've always had this kind of collaboration. Nurses marry cops, marry fire uh, officers, marry nurses, marry cops, marry fire officers, the emergency services. They all kind of support one another. These nurses believe that they've got the cops on side, and the cops stupidly think that the nurses know what they're doing nurses are given far too much respect. I trained as a nurse and the day that I learned about immunity and vaccinations, it was a two hour lesson where I was told they take a little bit of dead virus or some antibodies and inject it in, stimulates your immunity and now you're immune. Complete codswallop. That's what we were taught. You're getting a load of nurses. Don't forever one minute think the majority of nurses I've met are stupid. There are some very, very smart nurses, but there's a lot of nurses that are not. They're stupid. They don't even look after their own health. You only have to take a look outside and see how fat most of them are. And also, they did state this in the media, and they said that they had a real problem in nursing a few years ago with obesity, Now, don't call me fattest when it states in the code of conduct that you have a duty to take care of your own health. And don't tell me being fat is healthy because obesity exponentially increases the risk of every single disease. So no one's listening to you when you're saying you're a health educator and you're standing there with a great big fat rear end, smoking a vape, smoking a cigarette, drinking a Diet Coke, eating your McDonald's. I've seen you. You just don't know how to educate. You don't know anything on how to reverse disease because you can't even feed yourself God's food that he provided for us, which it states in Genesis. So when you have these nurses, don't give them that much respect. When they're telling you, oh, it's a bit of dead virus wrapped in a bit of fat. Why are you asking these idiots? You should do your research before you even go in there. All of the evidence is there. So these nurses believe that they've got some god-given authority the police backing them and that's why they were given all of these freebies loads and loads of freebies people sending food parcels to the empty hospitals where they had time to practice tiktok dance routines the vulgarity of it i cannot i would have been sacked in my day for doing that dismissed and there they were dancing arguing and fighting nurses came and told me over food parcels who got to them first then they were divvying up all of their discounts and on the nhs website it stated if you would like to give a discount to the staff contact us and we'll put it on our website that's racketeering right there so now they've been blackmailed getting all these freebies green flag is a car recovery service here they were giving them free recovery I pay for mine. I don't care. Free recovery. This is blood money. So they've now are so ballsy that they think they can come up to a group of people that have the right to protest, standing on Brighton seafront with yellow signs. They came over like Cock of the Ranch I'm a registered nurse. My, work, my wife works on a COVID ward. She must be the only person ever to work on a COVID ward then because sars cov 2s never been proven to exist. And COVID is a conglomerate of symptoms for lots of other diseases. So there she's a liar straight away. And then for him to go, I said, well, this is the yellow card reporting system. Um, well, that doesn't mean deaths. I'm an independent nurse prescriber. So, okay, he's stating he's all of those things. So when asked for his name, he has a duty to give it because he could be just saying, I'm a nurse when he's not. He could be committing fraud, impersonating a nurse. So they are so cocksure to come up. And you know what? We've got his face on camera. We've got that recorded, him saying it. So he's clearly complicit because he's agreeing with it all, saying it's okay. So we've got the evidence right then and there. So all you nurses out there, and I know you stalk this program, every time you write, hashtag inject the children, hashtag vaccine safe, oh, you're just signing your own confession. Yep. Because when people like Anna get you on the stand and cross-examine you, you're not going to be so cock bull sure then. Go read the Nuremberg trials and read all the excuses they gave because we are told every year When we tick those boxes for our registration, ignorance is no excuse in a court of law, nor is, uh, I thought I was doing the right thing. Uh, I've got a mortgage. Uh, I've got a family to feed. Uh, I didn't want to get in trouble with my bosses. You're going to stand in a court of law on your own as a living man and woman, crimes against humanity, and the Rome Statute decides what sentence will be passed on you. And it will be passed. And don't be thinking the cops are going to be standing with you because the one thing that always, oh, history's fantastic. When it starts to really, really get hot and you turn up the heat, you might be standing in a group of 100 people cheering you on. When the heat gets going, you'll look behind you, you'll be on your own. The cops will be gone Yep, because they've not injected. They'll all be gone. The NHS will be gone. Your mates will be gone. You're going to be standing there with crimes against humanity and every single one of those injections you've shoved into someone's arm is recorded. It's recorded. And as Anna will tell you, one nurse, they got her 20 years later for mm. the murder of 5,000 plus disabled children.
2: Wow. Well, wow. so, now, you, Kate, later. Yeah, Kate let me, you know, I got to have you define a technical term for me. Cods um, Codswallop. <laughs> What does that mean?
1: Codswallop means it's kind of a northern term. <laughs> I don't know the exact thing, but I was brought up where it means it means a codswallop must be something to do with being hit with a, a dead fish. <laughs> uh, so, so it's the worst thing, you know. It's a load of rubbish that you just okay. Get all right, the dead old rotting fish. <laughs> it's a codswallop. So, um, you know, all of these, I. I, I just listen to these nurses now. Let me tell you all out there, you nurses, when that NMC goes under, you ain't coming on the British Nursing Alliance. You're not getting on it because we don't want any criminals on there. Kate, I can, can, absolutely-
2: you, can I interrupt you just a second? I, you Because we got a couple of minutes and then I want to bring Anna back on. and Are you ladies going to hang over for just a little bit after the show?
1: Well, I'm going to let Anna talk now. Andy,
2: okay, I really on, wanted
3: on. to tell the public about the um, children's ability to consent. But if you I don't know when you want me to ask that. OK, you can, mentioned I, can you do that? The beginning. <laughs> I'm,
1: on a, I'm on a roll. I've got my soapbox. My, <laughs> Anna and I are going to be just to say I, I can't hang over. Anna and I are going to be in Brighton with lots of people.
2: OK, uh, let me because. Monday, Monday. All right. So we're going to try to try to cover that if we can. But but let me ask you this, because we got about uh, 45 seconds or so. Can you quickly tell the people, Kate, and then I'll, I'll carry over with Anna. Can you quickly tell the people about what you sent to me about what you're seeing about the nurses acting like the robots from the 2012 Olympics thing? You got about 30 seconds to tell that.
1: Go on to the YouTube, look at the 2012 Olympics opening ceremony. It's all there. You see the nurses around the children. Then you see them acting like robots. You see the black things crawling across the stage. Then you see this big ghoul coming up. That's not a magic wand pressing something and stuff's coming out the top watch the nurses they're acting like robots celeste Salom told me a couple of days ago you know who she is she worked for the bush administration on the FEMA camps they've been spraying us with hydrogel we know the graphene oxides in the hydrogel this is all there's patents out there soldiers can fly planes and move objects with these implants in their eyes what are these nurses are they being controlled i don't know but it's all there you know, this is a time now, and I've said it before, get, oh, incidentally, if your kids are going to the Reading Festival and they might be drinking lots of alcohol and smoking lots of illicit whatever, they've even got a vaccine bus with these nurses going injecting these kids at the festivals. Oh, never, incredible. ever can you inject at a festival, never when there's drugs and alcohol, any prescription drug.
2: Yep, Great. Kate. Kate, we got it we got to cut off uh, I know you got to go thank you for your time we'll continue with Anna join us on of Libertymedia.com or before otherwise we'll see you Monday at 6 a.m all right I want to welcome everybody coming over from red state talk radio again uh, suns Libertymedia.com right side of the page before Top of the page and dlive.tv at the Sons of Liberty. If you if you want to continue in this, we appreciate your support. Thank you so much, and ladies, thank you for joining us. Uh, Anna, let me turn it over to you. You had some things that you want to say as well regarding this, and I know when Kate gets on her soup, soapbox, she's she's ready and fired up, and I'm glad to give her that opportunity because so many people have taken it away from her, and they think that they're doing the public a service for that. I think that we're doing the public a service by letting people air out the truth rather than the propaganda. What say you?
3: Oh, totally. And that's what we're trying to do. <laughs> that's one of the reasons that we're going public and saying what we know, both in terms of the evidence that's coming forward and in terms of the legal analysis about the situation. So, it's absolutely vital to speak out and get the truth out there because as we know, the narrative that we're being um you know, that's being forced down our necks is a bunch of lies, frankly. It's horrific. It's deeply dystopian.
2: OK, and you wanted to hit on something before we uh, before we had to let Kate go there and close out the show. But you got something that you're wanting to hit on as well. Do you want to go ahead with that and explain that to the to the audience?
3: Well, yeah, I mean, I, obviously, I'm not an American lawyer, so I can't speak for the legal cases that you've run over there. But we've had a case over here called Bell and Tavistock. It's Bell um, was a claimant against uh, Tavistock NHS Trust, one of our trusts. And it's a case about um, puberty blocker medication that was given to children between the age of 10 and 18. And one of them becomes a grown-up and then takes the NHS to court saying that they hadn't given their fully informed consent because they actually didn't know the long-term safety and um, data or the long-term consequences including sterility and um, fertility issues so the court goes into a great long um analysis of, of the legal position in respect to informed consent to date so and the judgment was handed down at the end of last year december 2020 so it's very useful you know it's a real catch-up from everything that had been decided from nuremberg onwards um and it concludes That any child under the age of 18, because in this country, a child is still a child until they're 18, a minor. um, The legal position is this, that in theory, of course, it's good to be able to give children um, the ability to consent to medical treatment. And why shouldn't they if they are competent to consent to it and it's not going to harm them and the risks um, are outweighed by the, the benefits? Then, you know, they need to have a voice. And of course, they have the right to have a voice in that. But the issue is, can a child under the age of 18 consent to experimental treatment in the form of experimental drugs where the efficacy is not yet fully known, where the risks of the, the material risks of such things as death, blindness, deafness, all the other risk factors that you know are listed on the yellow card and the VERS and the Eurovigilance systems of these injections? If they don't know the risks and the the long term consequences, then they cannot give informed consent. And it doesn't matter that in theory, as Kate alluded to, we've got this um, concept called the Gillick competence. And it comes out, out from a case where, as Kate said, it was about contraception. And the court decided that provided the child under 18 fully understands Um, the treatment that they're going to receive, then they can be Gillick competent, providing they also have the capacity to consent to it. Well, Bell and Tavistock went into all of those issues, including the Gillick competence idea that, you know, a child under 18 can give consent and ruled that in these instances where it is experimental and there aren't any long term safety data and they don't know the efficacy and they can't be certain about the risk benefit then they must not assume that a child can give their informed consent to that. And in fact, they should seek a declaration from the court about the issue. So over here, that's what we lawyers are pushing for, to get a declaration from the court that whether or not these injections should be given to the children and relying on them being competent, you know, to to agree to it, to um, consent to it. So I just wanted to make that, um, you know, public because I don't know what, Um, rulings you've had in America but this is a Supreme Court ruling from the UK and I'd invite any lawyers who are listening to um, look at that it's Bell Bell v Tavistock NHS Trust 2020 um, as the judgment so that's very very important because clearly when you read through all the informed consent laws and the ethics and the research on children ethics this current injection program falls very squarely within the one that should have red flags all over it for under-18s. And it's our lawyer's view across the world, all the lawyers I've spoken to, that the children should not be given this injection. Um, And certainly legally, it's impossible to see how any medic or doctor could claim that they have obtained the informed consent freely given from a child under 18 to these injections?
2: Well, Anna, you know, one of the things is I know some of the court rulings, at least local uh, in, in certain states, they have actually ruled that the state has the right to go in and take children. And I've reported on stories where they've ruled that way. They've they a child has been brought in. They sit. They're sick, but they haven't had certain vaccinations. And the, their sickness has nothing to do with whatever the vaccines they are to give them and they remove the parental rights and do this, or they do surgeries on kids. Now, I'm not saying that sometimes parents don't act stupid. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that. But nine times out of ten, that's not the case. The parents are informed, they know what's going on, and they choose not to inject their kids with these things. This was one of the things I brought up earlier in the week with uh, our our own uh, registered nurse and contributor to Sons of Liberty, Suzanne Hamner. I said, if you want a... Um, a immune system response you can take a piece of wood and jab it in your arm and you're going to get an immune response your body's going to respond to that that wound to take care of and you know to take care of infection to heal it up and everything else so and a vaccine's no different than than you know if you fall in on something uh and it penetrates your skin so but we've seen this in the states where that's been done parental rights have been cut off and they've done this and i'm telling you. I don't give a flip about what a court says, and people, you can quote me on this. I don't care what a court says about them taking my child from me in a jurisdiction they have no business in. This is my my home is my castle. It is the place that God has given me jurisdiction over. I'm going to answer for it, and I, I got to tell you, folks, I'm just going to be honest. There's a lot of things in my home as a man that I don't want to have to give an answer for. I'm just going to tell you, uh, I have my sins, I have my faults. There's no question about that. I realize the blood of Christ covers my sin. No question, but I've still got to give an answer for it. But there's one thing that I'm going to do. I don't care what court rules it. I don't care how many police come or whatever. If you're coming to do my, my family harm with some kind of vaccines, injections, or any of this kind of stuff... You're not going to make it through the front door. You're just not I'm just not going to let that happen. I've already set that set that aside to do that. And so I think people have to set that in their minds the 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 jurisdiction of the family is theirs. Unless they're committing a crime and there's no crime against not having your kids vaccinated. Then you have the jurisdiction. You are the authority in your home. And for somebody to come in and tell you no you have to do this, then you ha- there's a real problem there because you have people usurping authority that they should not be usurping. And, uh, you know, I know that for a fact, Anna, that that we've had some court rulings and hospitals and police officers have acted on that, saying, oh, well, this is the law, because they don't even understand how the law works in the first place. Mm-hmm. And sadly, uh, Bradley and I were having a conversation yesterday, and he said, I don't understand some of these judges where they're coming from? I think he did a show on this yesterday uh, up in Minnesota, and I said, Bradley, I learned this a long time ago with a contributor I had at uh, a Freedom Outpost, and he was a professor out in uh, California. He he taught mathematics of all things, but he did as a hobby learning, you know, law and stuff like this. And one of the things he told me was, he said, our attorneys, our judges, who often attorneys become judges, are not taught constitutional law. They're taught mm-hmm. case law, and mm-hmm. our friend up at uh, Liberty Council has said, you know, we got to win every case because if we don't win every case, then that becomes a precedent, and that becomes, quote-unquote, the law. Now, he knows better, but he's using the language there, and the reality is, is that they point to case law, which to me is – it's a deception because when there's a clear violation of law, let's say our constitution – where you have people trying to shut down issues of free speech. We're not talking about people threatening people. We're not talking about people you know, committing fraud by yelling fire in a theater when there is no fire. And by the way, folks, that, that argument is bogus, too, on the Second Amendment and all, because if there's a real fire, it's perfectly legal for you to yell fire and get people out of there. <laughs> so it's whether you're committing fraud or not. But they don't understand when the law is broken. The law is simple. You don't get to do this, and if you do it, we don't have to cite a whole bunch of case studies. Did you do it or not? We have the evidence you did it. You're guilty. That's the end of it. Why do we go through this rigmarole? Why is all this legalese, which I think Jesus condemned in Matthew 23 against the religious leaders of the day, who said, well... He, he condemned them and pronounced judgments upon them by saying, well, you say that you swear by the gold of the temple, and then when it doesn't come to pass, you go, or uh, by the temple, and then when it doesn't come to pass, you go, well, I didn't swear by the gold of the temple. You try to get this technicality and throw something in that doesn't belong there. And he says, your yes should be yes, your no, no. Anything other than that is from the evil one. And do you see, I know you see this going on a lot there. I mean, how does how do you deal with stuff like that?
3: Well, deal with stuff like people not upholding
2: the law. Uh, Yeah, but, but not just that, but manipulating the law by going to case law, which then sometimes twists what the law says.
3: Oh well, yeah. I mean, you're right, um, Tim. That essentially, what's come out of this crisis, I think, is the realization from us all that medics aren't taught about vaccines at, med- at medical school, and lawyers aren't necessarily taught about all the all the aspects of the different laws that apply, including God's laws and including the constitutional laws, um, because you know we're trained for the system, if you like. I'm I'm slightly unusual in that I've worked for myself for twenty three, twenty four years. Um, and because of the work I do, I've had to employ all kinds of different areas of law. So I don't simply rely on acts of parliament or case law at all in my practice. And I do use a lot of the common law and the customs and practices as well. And I do cite God's laws. So um, I think, you know, that's one of the problems that we've got is that people seem to have forgotten what our rule of law is. And the fact that it isn't just case law, it isn't just um you know, acts of those people sitting in Parliament. Um, and in this constitution, as you know, we don't have a written one. So it's, it's all the laws. We can bring in all of them from whenever we can find them, as long as they haven't been specifically repealed. Sure. Um, those are still all of our laws. So it's very magical in many ways because you've got real um, armoury full of all of them. But, yeah, in terms of enforcing them, this is one of the reasons I've gone public because um, I'm trying to tell people all the different laws that they should be relying on and upholding so that they can find them for themselves and read them for themselves and start upholding them for themselves. But also, it's very clear that we can't let a handful of judges in a couple of courtrooms decide what's going on for the rest of the world, because, you know, this is... We can't trust them anymore, sadly. You know, clearly there are always some good judges left, but the overwhelming evidence, not just from lawyers here, but lawyers across the world and the public, is that people have lost faith in our courts and services system, courts and tribunal services system. So again, that's one of the reasons why a lot of us lawyers are going public, so that we can tell the um, public what the laws are that need to be upheld, give them the evidence, put our arguments out there, and, you know, put it out into the court public opinion and encourage people to take direct action, such as going to the um, vaccine clinics and challenging the people who are running them uh, to, you know, conform with the law, to make sure that they are telling people of the material risks, to make sure that they are giving them the patient information leaflet before they inject them and take them taking them through all the ingredients and allergy testing them. And, you know, if they are going to have these people in a live human trial to make sure that they are upholding all the laws and the medical ethics and the code of conduct in respect of that trial. And that's not what's happening. So that's what needs to be stopped. And my own view, Tim, is that you can take those matters in front of a court even if you get a judge who is going to be fair and is going to give you a fair hearing, even when they have made the right decisions across the world, such as the Court of Appeal in Portugal last August ruling that the PCR test was not fit for purpose and gave a 97% false positive rate, and also said that you, you know, never in the history of humankind have the medical profession diagnosed people on the basis of a test. They've always diagnosed them clinician to patient on a set of symptoms usually face to face having given them a proper assessment not on the basis of a test and the you know so the lawyers prepared all that the experts gave all their evidence the tribunal set you know the court set across the time and the judgment was made and it's still being ignored around the world and so I, you know from ahead. that point of view yeah, what's ahead. the point of the lawyers going to court if everyone's just going to ignore what the lawyers are saying and what the judge says anyway so this is why I'm trying to empower people so that they can actually make take matters into their own hands rather than relying on, on the judges and the courts.
2: Yeah, and I you know I appreciate how you lay things out because you, even when you when I asked when I was putting the thing there of the the case law you were saying we have laws and that's what you're pointing to you're not pointing to the case I mean you may bring in a case law that backs the law that's one thing. Yeah. But see what we have is people undermining the law by maybe bringing in a case law of some judge who didn't know what the law said and just sided with whoever gave you know whatever mm. appealed to them was the better law, and I think that's the thing is appealing to the law that goes back that's undermined or that's undergirded, not undermined, but undergirded by the law of God. And mm. we had you on for that show, and I, I got to tell you, I just I love to hear you talk about that stuff because I think that's what people have to have. We're told we don't need God, keep this religious business out of the public square, blah, 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 blah. And they say, you want a theocracy. Well, let me tell everybody out there listening. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Every society is a theocracy. Every one of them. Why? Because the God of that society determines the law of that society. If it is Islam, guess what you get? Sharia. If it is Marxist, if it is... um, you get a humanist form of government where people at their whims will come off with whatever laws they have, and if you have a true Christian society, that society will find its laws and its governance based upon the law of God. Now, which one do you want? Because I can tell you, you say, well, all of them end up killing people. No, some murder under the guise of being doing it for God and for the law and this and the other. The other one says, here is the established law. This is it. It's a just law. If you break it, there's a just punishment, period. That's it. It's pretty simple. That's Christianity. Compare that. Let me give you an example, and then I'll get you to comment, uh, Anna, and have you close out the show. I did an article because some people said I was a Christian Taliban because I pointed to the law, which before our constitutional found, uh, founding fathers, long before them, hundreds of years before them, they were setting up in the colonies and eventually in the states the laws that we have on our books, and they would reference Scripture as to why it was a law, why, if it was broken, what the consequence of that was. Specifically, I can put up the article, and I'll put it in the, um, in, in the archive, the one on sodomy. Just, just for instance. And all of the states agreed that it was a violation of law. And why did they do that? They cited Leviticus. And most of them cited the death penalty for violating that law. I think there were a couple of states that cited uh, that they would give 21 years hard labor or something like that, which is to me is an injustice. But, they, but my point was they were at least recognizing it was a violation of law. So they established those things. I think the same thing happened, at least from what I'm understanding, Anna, from you from the last time we had you on. And I hope I really hope you'll become regular and popping in here every now and then. But one I of the things to. one of the things that you said was that when the Queen takes her oath, part of that is to uphold God's law and the mm-hmm. true gospel. Now I, I realize the Church of England has gone astray a lot. I get that. But at least there was there was the uh presentation that they were gonna uphold this. And the law, all of the law, was ultimately based upon God's law. And so I think this is this is extremely important for Christians to gravitate towards because guys, you gotta understand something. It's like I said yesterday: the gospel and the duty of Christians, Jesus said this. I had some ignorant person pop in the chat the other day and say, you know. They wanted to teach this uh, oneness kind of stuff about God. You shouldn't be talking about the Trinity, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We're, and they quoted some place in, um, in, I think it was in the book of Acts, where John goes to the Ephesians, and he says, Have you been baptized in the name of Jesus? See, it didn't say the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then I pointed them back to the words of the Lord Jesus, Matthew 28, 18-20, where he says, Baptize them in the name of the who? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then he says, teach them to observe all that I've commanded. And what did he command out of? He commanded out of Scripture, which is out of all of the Old Testament, which Paul said, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for reproof, for correction and instruction in righteousness. And, you know, if we would get back to that, to just obeying God, I just— I mean, on the individual level, and then carry that over in the jurisdiction of the family and in the church and then in the civil sphere. My, how we would see the blessings of God overtake us. But boy, we've dug our hole. Now we're going to have to start pushing back with the law of God. I'm glad to see that you guys are doing that. And one of the questions I want you to answer, if you would, if you want to comment on what I just said, that's fine. But one of the questions I want you to answer is, you know, when you guys go Monday, what is your goal there uh, in going to this this backsite uh, that you're going to do, I'm going to give you the last word on that. You you comment all you like.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, the aim on Monday obviously is to stop as many people as possible from go from um, being injected without being warned of the material risks that they face, and to make sure that the clinic is in fact complying with the informed consent procedures and rules. So that's one of our main aims because we know that's not happening. Um, and also hopefully to serve the notice of liability on them. Um, As I say, it's driving me mad trying to finish it at the moment, Um, but that's one of the other aims. And ultimately, if they refuse to stop or we get any evidence that someone has been injected without their freely informed consent, then obviously we are considering having to make citizens' arrests um, because our constitutional duty is to stop further um, suffering harm, loss or death from occurring. Um, And if it's not lawful, then it has to be stopped and it isn't lawful on the evidence. So that's where we're going with that one. Um, In terms of what you've just said about God's laws, uh, what I find interesting is that a lot of people can cite the Bill of Rights 1688, but they don't ever cite the Coronation Oath Act 1688. Yep. And yet that is the legislation that goes exactly alongside the Bill of Rights Act to keep everybody in place because that's the piece of legislation that the monarch has promised that oath to the people to uphold the laws such as the bill of rights um and so you know that's why it's so important and as you know when you uh, when you interpret legislation if a whole load of laws are cited as being um you know necessary to be upheld the ones that are cited first are paramount and all the others come underneath that and the way it's cited is, you know, I, the Queen says, I will to the utmost of my um, power, uphold God's laws in accordance with the Old Testament, the New Testament and the gospels. So clearly, as you say, Leviticus has to be upheld. All those um, uh, verses which say, you know, which command us to keep upkeep God's laws, his ordinances, his judgments, you know, His his scriptures. And so it's a very, very clear that we as a nation must uphold all of those laws. And and that's one of the other reasons that I'm so cross about all of this. You know, it's very clear, thou shalt not kill. You know, thou shalt not harm your neighbour. Um, and so what's happening here is a breach of of, you know, not only God's laws, which we are all entitled to uphold constitutionally and demand for them to be upheld in accordance with the Coronation Oath Act, but in accordance with all the, you know, common law that says that's what our monarchs sworn even before, you know, parliament came in and created an act about it. You know, all of our previous monarchs swore that anyway. So that's where the common law and the precedent comes in. So, you know, we have an absolute right to demand that God's laws are upheld and then all of our other laws. And that's why just citing the Bill of Rights, you know, that's just one document. That's just one piece of our constitution. Our constitution and, you know, likewise America, because you derive it from ours, constitutes all those laws. The, you know, the ones that aren't just case laws, aren't just acts of parliament, all those, Anglo- the body of Anglo-Saxon law, for example, the body of Roman law, the body of laws before parliament started drafting acts um, and before judges were able to write down copious amounts of judgments, those laws all still apply. So, you know, this is where people need to understand the bigger picture and demand that they're upheld. And one one thing I wanted to ask you, Tim, was that I came across a group in America that have issued a Declaration of Restoration, where they're saying that actually they're demanding that everyone upholds the um, Declaration of uh, Independence. Um,
2: And I wanted to know whether you've heard more about that. I I actually haven't, but uh, I know the Declaration of Independence. Some people say, "Well, that's not part of the law." You know, it was a it was like the preamble, so to speak, to our Constitution. Well, actually, it is part of law that was mm-hmm. put in as a I believe it's as sort of as a statute as a, a part of American law here. So it is part of law. I mean, people need to understand that. They also need to understand that uh, even the Congress under President Reagan. I think it was 1983 or 82, something like that. It was a public a law that resolution they call it a resolution, but that effectively becomes a law that recognized that our laws were supposed to be based upon the Bible, mm-hmm. and so all of that is is put into our you know it's um, I don't know what the word is, uh, it, but it's it's fashioned into our law, and people don't want to cite it. And they want to ignore it. Uh, It's kind of like – I deal with the issue of sodomy. It's kind of like in in South Carolina. We still have anti-sodomy laws. And the Supreme Court decided they wanted to rule and say, well, you can't have that. Well, it's none of your business. We should have (sighs) – You know, I don't want to use the vulgar terms of flip-off, but we, sh- we should have just told them to go take a jump in the lake. And uh, it's none of their business. It's not their jurisdiction. And this is law that was there long before the s- Supreme Court was in effect. But the states kowtowed to them because they got little wimpy men, little effeminate, emasculated men, who would rather uh, receive the, uh, the appraisal of men than do what is right before God. And so they stopped doing it. Well, what happened? Well, we had a female uh sell out governor Nikki Haley and she is a sellout people make no mistake about it I don't care if she served in the army or not she sold us out they were they were doing down in Charleston uh two women getting married and I mean it was just they let that stuff go on. And let me add to that just something I got this week. I got this video and this is what people need to understand that when we're not doing this, see folks don't get you know i point out the difference of joe biden and donald trump because i try to address something that i think is a prison for a lot of people prison for their mind they get caught up in the two party system thing and all this other none of those yahoo's none of those little puppets are coming to get your guns or not coming to vaccinate you or anything else let me tell you who's going to do it it's going to be the boys in blue if they if they've sided with them or it's going to be Our own military, which is one of the issues that our founding fathers had a problem with with a standing military. I want people to listen to this little butch, and yes, I used a different vowel there, okay? But I want you to listen to this little butch in our military. Her last name is Bronson, it looks like, okay? She's with the U.S. Army. It looks like that's what's on her her, um, camouflage here. I want you to listen to this little butch and what she has to say.
3: Understand that if active-duty military actually get deployed within the United States,
0: that weapon is not just pointed at other people, other countries.
2: It's pointed at you. If you do not get in your house when I tell you to, you become the enemy. Martial law. Okay, here's the thing. This little girl, okay, who's trying to look like a man, trying to sound tough, if you don't get in your house when I tell you, that weapon's pointed at you. Let me tell you something, little girl. You come to my house, you come into my neighborhood you're not going to get time to get it out of your mouth. You're going to be dead. Because we are not going to deal with little tyrants like you doing these kinds of things. We're just not going to put up with it. Uh, but this is, you know, there's there's a large percentage, and when I say large percentage, I don't mean the majority, but it's about 25%. This was years ago. They went in and surveyed some of the Marines, and some of the, like 25% of the uh, Marines didn't know the Constitution, and were willing to fire on Americans just because they were commanded to do so. People, you need to understand, Amos 6.3 is real. God's not going to be mocked, and you can pass it off all you want and not deal with the criminals and hope somebody else will do what you're supposed to do yourself, But if we don't do it ourselves, and Anna, if you guys don't do it yourself, and they're in England, we're just asking, we're emboldening the criminals that we know are committing crimes against us and our children to commit more crimes against us. Uh, Anna, let me ask you something. Do you got a website or something that people can check out your work and the things that you do there?
3: Well, yeah. In fact, Tim, we're launching one at the moment. We're, um, We're launching two. One is called the Informed Consent Alliance. And that's going to be a general one for everybody who wants to know more about the informed consent laws and process and raise, um, you know, we'll have templates on there and notices of liability, et cetera, that people can send. But we're also setting up lawyers for action. And that's a, um, a website where all the lawyers who want to take legal action and all the whistleblowers who want to provide us with evidence and anyone who wants to take um, some form of legal action can congregate on that website. So we've got a web designer frantically on it at the moment. um, Not yet ready. It's not populated. It's under construction, but I'll send you the links. And we've also got the informed consent campaign um,
2: on telegram. So I'll send you the link for that as well. Yeah, that would be great. I will add those in with the archive. If you can email them to me uh, here after the show, Uh, Anna, we appreciate you as always. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, sharing with us your knowledge and you know, we I think I learned something great about uh England uh through you and Kate. Kate's been going to all these, you know, historical places and we get some history there. I always mm-hmm. love that. And I tell people on the show I, I usually have people on more for me to learn something than the people, but I figure if I'm learning something, the people are learning something. So thank you so much for joining us again this Saturday. Again, boy, I, I hope you're gonna be kind of regular and popping in uh, now and then, now that you're working with Kate and things, and we get to hear from you. Uh, guys, don't miss Bradley, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com today. He'll be on for two hours today. So, uh, yeah, you, you get to hear Bradley preach for two hours today. I hope you'll have a great weekend, a great Lord's Day, and Lord willing, we're going to be back with you next week, Monday morning, 6 a.m. We already have Fanos down from Down Under in Australia. We had him on before. He's going to be telling us what's going on there. Some of you have seen... The tyranny that is there is—I just, you know—I can't even comprehend what it must be like to live in North uh, New South Wales. I just can't even c- comprehend what that is is like. But he's going to be on to do that, and we're going to have some other guests on during the week. So you guys have a great weekend, and we'll see you at three PM. Adios.